Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Real Flicks Podcast, our first real episode, I suppose, covering the 2017 film. We are talking hashtag split today, M. Night uh, Shyamalan's latest picture, as uh, as Martin Scorsese would say. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun episode. We're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff. Uh, we're, we're down a man tonight. Uh, Cody has been has checked back into rehab. I uh, certainly wish him the best there, but, you know, the meme addiction was just too strong for, for him to overcome, so he needed he, some help. He, he fought hard, but... He did, yeah. It happens to the best of us, you know? Whatever. It's just memes. Memes are good. Uh, but I am, Josh is here. I am here. I'm I'm here, yeah. We're in the present. You want to... Something I realized yesterday, and this this will I, this will tie back around to our watching, reading, listening to, tomorrow never comes, you know? Only today does, you know. It's a relative term, you know. It's just it's crazy. Wait, what? Like tomorrow is a relative term. <laughs> like it's always gonna be tomorrow, you know. I guess. So yeah, tomorrow does become today, but in general, it's just this. Tomorrow is the term used for the day after today. I know, but you never get to tomorrow, you know. Tomorrow becomes today. Yeah, but you never experience tomorrow. Like you experience Friday. But you never experience tomorrow. Yeah, you do. Tomorrow is. Hold on, let me take a hit out of my. Hold on one second. I'm gonna take a hit out of my crack pipe. Be right back. (laughs) I don't know. Like I said, that'll tie back around when I give my uh, watching, meeting, listening to. But before we do that, before we do a bunch of other stuff, we're gonna start off with some Star Wars chat. Just Mm. yesterday, we got a title for Star Wars Episode Eight. Josh, what is the title? The title is Star Wars The Last Jedi, and it's awesome. That is something to call a movie. That is for gosh darn sure. So I ask you, follow-up, with almost nothing to go on, what does this mean? It means that this movie is going to be focused pretty much primarily on Luke, and that is music to my ears, is what that means. Now, Jedi, as we both know, is can be both plural and singular. Yes, it can. But so, the reason I think it means just one, well, it's speaking about one person, is because it would say the last of the Jedi if it was not just about one person. I'm trying to think of a real-world term to compare it to. Um, I don't know. Hmm. Like, okay, then, well, that's, that's not a thing. I was going to say the last veterinarian, but I, what's the plural of a veter, veterinarian? Now I got to know this. Veterinarians? I don't, yeah. Plural? I'm going to sound like such a complete idiot, but I don't care. I mean, you're kind of already there. Plural of vet. well, I spelled it wrong for the first part, so that's good. <laughs> For, this this lookup brought to you by wordhippo.com. Okay, it is veterinarians. Okay, that's what I thought. But um, I, I, lo- I thought this to be like, I mean, if you think of it this way, because we kind of already got a hint as to what this could mean. So like Return of the Jedi, it's about Luke, right? I mean, it's merely, I mean, yeah, it's about Luke, but it's kind of meant to be him, the Jedi, 
as a whole. Like, mm. he eventually went on to make more Jedi, yeah. and then they died, so. Nice. Good retention rate. Uh, the student loans, man, were just killing those kids, and literally. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it, it looks it looks interesting. Uh, I, th- I think, for one, it's going to, ref- like, The Last Jedi, and we kind of got a glimpse of it in Episode 7. Um, but I think it's going to have a lot to do with the Knights of Ren kind of thing, and whatever Kylo Ren did. I feel like that's going to be... Yeah. If if it wasn't if we didn't already think it was going to be before and now I think this is confirmed that that's going to be that backstory is going to be a huge part of the story and I'm I'm yeah, curious what, to what see I, that because they kind of skimmed over it I liked what I, I liked that that to be fleshed out because yeah. Luke is really he's I mean being the hero of it he really didn't get um, that much dr- uh, dramatic stuff to do at least in the first couple of movies so I'm curious to see somebody like that who's gone through and endured stuff like he did to kind of have to face something new and, like, in a new light of, like, well, all these Jedis died the last time, so why should I teach you, right? You know? You're just, yeah. just going to get killed, you know? Yeah. I'm excited. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> this is hopefully the first um, wheel to turn, I suppose. Uh, I mean, now we're, we're... By the time this, you know, we're now... 12 months away from the movie actually coming out. So this yeah, is... we're like 11 months now. Yeah, that's true. So the wheels are starting to turn. So that's, that's always appreciated. And do you think that we're going to get a Super Bowl thing? Um, probably not. Um, I don't think we're getting anything till celebration. That's in May, isn't it? No, April, April. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's probably, fair. that's probably a good bet. I think so... if anything, we'll get like, Kind of like what um, what movie was it? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two, where they put out like a sneak peek, and then like two weeks later they put out a trailer. Mm. So maybe we'll get get something like that something would be... like that before celebration, and then celebration we get the full trailer trailer. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like in terms of corporate timelines. I suppose I would probably if it's if they're gonna do like something at celebration that doesn't overlap that well with their next big um kind of eyeballs thing, which is the NBA Finals, because Disney, you know, owns ABC and stuff, which is only yeah, a month later. That's, that's right, that's right. So, and then you don't have anything else, you don't have another big platform, really, until football season. So, I don't know, if you, just, if you look at it in that kind of perspective, because, or maybe they just, like, fuck it, it's Star Wars, and they just put it on Twitter, or who, like, yeah, I mean, maybe they don't yeah, really I mean, need to, but. Right. I don't think they need to put things, like, with something. Yeah, outside of celebration because that's a Star Wars event, but I'd like, like if they only. Bowl. I would like it if they. Oh, you know this would be cool. They release a Star Wars celebration only trailer if they can figure out a way to to like do what um, Marvel did at Comic Con or whatever, and just keep it as much under wraps as they can. And then they were like, they release either the the full version of it or a different look with the NBA Finals or something like that. That might be pretty. That might be a good strategy. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. I should probably do this for a career. I don't fucking know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I've said it, I've said, it, I've said it before. I would actually like it if there was no trailer, but this is the real world we live in, so that's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. It it would only take one. It only takes somebody to not to do it to actually do it, and then you know how reactionary the business is. You know. Oh well, yeah. Like once Deadpool is a success, we're just going to be crammed up the ass with R-rated superhero movies. So, it just takes that first one to stick their toe in the water, and then the rest 
will follow. But uh, advertising for movies, especially, is a big business, so maybe that's too wishful thinking. But yeah. Um, next up, Star Wars related, and you can take this one because it means nothing to me. Uh, we know <laughs> pretty much who uh, Woody Harrelson's playing in Han Solo. Uh, whatever that's that doesn't have a title yet, right? So Phyllis and Josh, who is no. it? Who is he? Playing? Um, uh, let me hold on. Let me look up the name of him. Ah, there it is. Oh, where'd it go? Got it. Damn it. <laughs> it's a weird name, per huge. Like always. Yeah. Stars. There's no it's like a Garrus. Is a Gar- his name is a Garrus Shrike, possibly. That's, pretty, that's a pretty cool fucking name. Um, I'll be honest this, with you. This, this isn't actually. I don't know if this is actually official. Official. He said it, but I don't know if it was him just like messing with whoever was asking him because what happened was the guy the interviewer asked him are you playing uh gara shrike in the han solo movie and he's like yeah yeah of course i am <laughs> yeah <Woody. laughs> he didn't like he didn't even think about it he was just like yeah of course i am like, all that stuff yeah that was a so good choice know. to get woody especially because he just fucks around with people so much that yeah. you know even if he says something is real it's gonna happen it's probably like yeah but it's woody you know yeah, but uh, this is a character who w- was in the old expanded universe, the old canon. Um, so if it, if that is who's playing, they're taking him right out of that. So that's cool. He was Han Solo's mentor, who Han Solo, or actually, uh, he eventually turned on Han Solo, and it was really cool. Oh, um, I don't, cool. I, I don't, I don't know much about uh, that story because I never read it. But I just kind of uh, looked up what it was all about, and it seems really cool. So I might actually go check it out. Um, but yeah, this is, if this is who he's playing, maybe that'll be the way they go about the story maybe he'll turn on han solo or something like that that'd be cool now at some at one point didn't they say that they were abandoning the expanded universe because of like thrawn and stuff like that well no what they're well i mean they're oh, disregarding Thrawn's in Rebels it. now that's right yeah like what they're doing is basically cherry picking stuff from it oh that's cool so like just taking bits and pieces that like can work and redoing it and like readapting it for their new stuff hmm, that's smart that's really yeah. smart they should probably i I'm kind of, eh, I don't know, maybe say that from the beginning, be like, we're not, this isn't going to be expressly the expanding universe, but the, but certain EU people will pop up here and there. Yeah. That will, like, you know, that, I think that would have been better for, at least for their fan relationship than just saying, nope, that didn't happen. Because then you kind of give them that sliver of hope that their favorite, yeah. I don't know, servant droid from uh, Spatula <laughs> will get in the movie or something, I don't know. Is that a Star Wars planet? It probably is somewhere. <laughs> Actually, uh, the planet of uh, Spatula. That's um, short for Spatula. No, uh, <laughs> shut up, George. Shut up. But very exciting. Very exciting. Um, is their cast just about rounded out? Um, I think the main cast. So there's um, the Game of Thrones girl, and then yeah. Amelia Clark, and then her. she's fine. Um, you're the Game of Thrones fan. How do you not like her? Because I saw um, I saw her in Terminator Genesis and it was she was she was everyone she, everyone wasn't good in that that's fine J K Simmons wasn't good in it he was um, in it yeah <laughs> I don't remember I don't think that actually happened but whatever it, no. it I I saw that movie once I don't know um <laughs> and then there's uh the Lando and Han um and then this guy and then uh, Garrus so I think that's it unless I'm forgetting someone hmm. um I feel like that's probably the main cast they'll probably start getting like more supporting people soon so cool uh moving on a little bit uh 
we got some news this week. One of which is apparently a Green Lantern Corps or Corpse or whatever you want to say. A shortlist came out for actors. A pretty, you know, what handsome white guys can we find list. But there's some interesting choices on here. First of all is Ryan Reynolds, which I don't understand. I think that that might be reason to believe that this is fake. That's, that's this move. This list is 100% trash. I'm telling you that right now. Okay, I, I know it probably is, but I think <laughs> the the good thing about these shortlist things, which we see now and again, is that it does kind of get the gears moving of like, well, maybe not who they're looking for, but who are some names that you know are out there. Uh, so one of them is Ryan Reynolds. So not going to happen. Yeah. Maybe this not was not. like a few years ago when they like Man of Steel was out and Deadpool hadn't happened yet. They were yeah. That's what it seems like. This list was like. Uh, names like before the first Green Lantern movie came out, right, 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 or like, or no, even after that, like when Man of Steel was doing its thing, because then they were, because that's when they like the universe was gonna become a, yeah, you know, gonna happen. It's possible. They like, oh, maybe, maybe they didn't. They weren't sure if he was coming back yet. Because yeah. Deadpool came a lot like at the eleventh hour, so I don't know. Yeah, but Ryan Reynolds is one of them. You could probably, yeah, you can. That's almost never gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. He's got he's got Deadpool he, that he made fun of Green Lantern in Deadpool. That's not going to happen. But the other actors are interesting. One of which is Tom Cruise, which is kind of dumb for I think. That's also not going to happen. I love Tom Cruise, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think he needs. He's, I think he's, he's a franchise he's, in, his, in his own. He's like fifty-two or something, right? Yeah, but like Green Lantern can't be that physical. But the thing is, they're starting. I mean, outside of Ben Affleck, who they uh, specifically said is an older dude, an older Batman. Everyone else is gonna be. Yeah, everyone else would probably be younger since they're gonna have these guys for like five, six movies. Right. Hmm. Um. So yeah, we'll knock those out. The another list, another name on the list that I thought was interesting was Joel McHale. I know that name, but I don't know the face. He hosted that awful show the soup for a while on e where he just it was a clip show basically it was dumb but he was in community he was the main guy oh this uh he was i, I know him from uh ted yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah he was also in spider-man 2 i believe he was the bank teller um who didn't that's give, right made the toaster which that's is right yeah i remember the weirdest now. scene of all time but whatever um i think that's an interesting choice that that would um i'd be okay with that. i just don't i'm not sure if he's a big star compared to the other people on this list, so maybe this is an older one that they were banking on. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Another name is Bradley Cooper, which I think is an interesting choice, that's, because even that's though... That's what I would actually be. I would be up for that, yeah. Yeah, because even though he's in Guardians, it's still... like I feel like if you pulled ten people off the street and were like, hey, is Bradley Cooper in Guardians of the Galaxy? They'd be like, no, of course not, you idiot. Because they just don't know that he's Rocket. <laughs> So I feel you could probably get away with that one just because he's not physically in Guardians. He's just a voice and motion capture or whatever. Yeah. So, besides, I just want Bradley Cooper to be in like a big thing. I don't, I don't really care what it is. I, just, I, I like him. I, was, I wanted him to be the unch- in Uncharted for a while. Oh, yeah. Now I don't, cool. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if I want him anymore. So. Yeah, he's just, I feel been, like he'll look. he's just been like he's, tiptoeing around franchises. It's weird. Yeah. It's like, I love you, Bradley. Was, wasn't he almost something at some point? I feel like. I don't remember what it was. Weren't we all almost something at some point? <laughs> no, um, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. He was close to something. Damn it. I don't know. Maybe that'll come to me. But I just I just like him. I think he's all yeah, he's handsome great. and charismatic, and he has gray hair, so whatever. Um, 
Another name, which I'm excited about with anything, because I still, even though people like to rip on him now and again, I think he's awesome. Uh, Army Hammer. Oh, yeah, I like that one, too. Yeah. He was going to be uh, Batman. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. I wish he was Batman. I, w- I'm st- I still wish that movie would have happened. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, I have the same thing with, like, the Superman movie with Nicolas Cage, where it's like, yeah, it's probably not going to yeah, be great, I wanna, but... I wish, I, wish, I wish that would have happened, too. That would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been pretty fucking sick. TBH. And uh, lastly is Jake Gyllenhaal, who is a lot like Bradley Cooper, and then he's just sort of dancing around franchises. Um, actually, J- Gyllenhaal just signed on with Jessica Chastain for a movie based on uh, The Division. It's like a video game. Yeah, I saw that. So. I don't know anything because, about that because game. Because the first but... time that he played a... Or was in a movie based on a video game went so well, so you know. Oh yeah, Prince like, of uh, Persia. What was, what was that? Yeah, yeah, Prince of Persia. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate that movie. I, I haven't seen. It. I just know that it like it's not, bombed. Hardcore. I wouldn't recommend it, but I didn't hate it. Yeah. I think <laughs> the vision is something you can do, pretty small scale. And he almost played Batman, so he could do anything. As far as I. Oh really? As as yeah. You know, he, you know, he was up for Batman. I did not. When was that? For which? Which Batman? Batman Begins. Yeah, it was down to him and Christian Bale. Oh, wow. That would have been cool. That would have been so cool. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. He's another one of those people who's like, ah, just do, just do something. I don't know. I don't think, I feel like he just doesn't want to do that kind of thing, like the big budget thing. Yeah, I wouldn't blame him, but I just... I mean, he, he, dipped his, he dipped his toe in the water with uh, Prince of Persia, and he was like, no, this isn't for me. Yeah. I'm going to do Nightcrawler. Yeah, let's see what he's got coming up. Yeah, he's got... His next few movies are kind of interesting. He's got the, a, a movie about the Boston bombings called Stronger, which I just don't care Wait, about, they're really. A, they're doing another one? Yeah, it's about one of the guys. I think he was actually in the movie, his character at least, where he got got his legs blown off and then he ran in the next marathon. It's like, okay, cool. Oh, uh, yeah, he was not don't the care, movie. but fine. Well, I think it might have been it. a different guy. Not, may not have been that guy. Um, he's also an Okja, Okja. The latest uh, from Bong Joon Ho, the guy that did Snowpiercer, so that's going to be awesome, regardless. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, he's also in Life. That looks interesting. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for that one. Just space. I didn't, in wa- I didn't watch. I didn't watch the trailer, so. No, it's it's uh it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, and just like, Jill and Hall, Rebecca Ferguson, and Ryan Reynolds in a movie together is just kind of awesome. So. Um, I, Jake Gyllenhaal is one of those guys who, even if I don't think it, his movies come together necessarily, like I'm not a big fan of Nightcrawler, but I'll just I'll see him. I just I enjoy him as a performer. And uh, yeah, other than Prince of Persia, his his highest budgeted movie. Actually, let's I'll put it this way. Um, other than Prince of Persia, The Day After Tomorrow, his highest budgeted movie is like seventy million dollars for Jarhead of all things. So he's he keeps it, he keeps a low profile, and I like that about him. So, here's hoping he maybe does something good. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are there any names that are not on that list that you would be okay with? Assuming this is just white, um, just white Green Lantern because Black Green Lantern. The Hal Jordan Carter. Yeah. I don't. I can't um, get straight. No, John Stewart's <laughs> the black guy. That's right. Um. Off the top of my head, I don't. I can't really think of anyone. Yeah, I just don't know what his like. I kind of know. I have a baseline for superheroes. Like I know what who people are, but there's like a million Green Lanterns, and I just don't. I can't get a feel for them in particular. Like yeah. any of the Green Lanterns. Like what is their thing? Are they 
like Batman's all brooding and angry, and Superman's Boy Scout, and Wonder Woman. Is he's like, kind of. I've always. I mean, I'm not like a Green Lantern expert or anything, um, but he's like, from what I've read of him, some comics I've read and uh, the, some of the animated movies, um, and I don't know if the. Uh, the Ryan Reynolds movie got him like complete justice because I, I thought Ryan Reynolds was probably the best part of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really good in it, but I'd say he's probably kind of like a he's like a more a less stoic. I don't even know because I would say a less stoic Superman, but Superman most people wouldn't say he's stoic, so I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. He's just never stuck out to me really. But. Who knows? Maybe movie could uh, could change that. So, uh, yeah. anything else you want to talk about before we move on? Um, not that I can think of. Let's talk about your favorite subject, the Academy Awards. Do do do. I have gone other than like the obvious, like of course, Lala Lane's gonna get gonna kill and all that good stuff. I've stayed pretty much <laughs> spoil free from uh, from the Oscar stuff. So, just gonna kind of react to him in real time. Josh will right. give his groans or thoughts as as we go. Um, you haven't seen him out. That's right. So I I probably I don't know. So we'll start off at the bottom. Uh, best film editing, and we're just if we don't get to like short film, it's because we don't care, unfortunately. But no, no one cares. Just the big ones that I care about. Uh, best film editing. We have Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, La La Land, and Moonlight. It's a good list. What do you think? Yeah. Anything that you would want to be on there? I mean, I'm just happy Arrival is getting things. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's There's true. no Swiss Army Man on that list, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good choice. Um, best visual effects, so Deepwater Horizon, surprising. Uh, Doctor Strange, okay. Uh, the Jungle Book, Kubo and the Two Strings, very interesting. And Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Wait, did that say Kubo and Two Strings for best visuals? Visual effects, yeah. Huh, that's interesting. I've never heard of an animated movie getting that. That's cool. That is weird. Uh, I personally may... I maybe would have subbed in, like, Fantastic Beasts or something. No, because the Fantastic Beasts visual effects were not good. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, then I really can't think of anything else. That CGI was just... That got annoying. Yeah, just like the... Oh, shoot, what was that CGI that I didn't like? Damn it. Oh, yeah. No, I like Tarkin. I can't remember. There was one C- some CGI I didn't care for. Uh, best costume design. I'm only going to mention this because it got... Uh, it's some love for a movie that I like that nobody cares about. Uh, Allied. <laughs> also Fantastic Beasts. Florence Foster Jenkins. A movie that I do not understand still. Jackie and La La Land. Yeah, that's okay. Here's what's in- interesting, though. Best cinematography. This is where it gets big. We have Arrival, Bradford Young, La La Land, Linus Sandgren, Lion from Greg Fraser, Moonlight, James Laxton, and Silence by Rodrigo Prieto. What do you think about that? Anything that you think is missing? Uh, Star Wars, yeah, I agree. I, actually, I would have said, again, Swiss Army Man. Cinematography? Yep. Huh, okay. It was yeah, that was pretty dreamlike. I did like that. And it looked it looks amazing. Huh. It's just not a movie I think of when I think of best cinematography. But yeah, that's yeah. you could definitely make it as uh, uh, 
argument for that. Uh, best production design. Wow, Passengers got a nom. Um, that's good for them. Uh, sound mixing, editing. Don't really care. Uh, best original score. This is interesting. Jackie, La La Land, Lion, Moonlight, and Passengers. I feel like there's a lot missing from this. I don't. I don't even. Wait, did that, that say Passengers? Yeah. Oh my god. Um. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I didn't see the movie. Maybe it's good. I have no idea. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, I none of those. What what scores like, have you been humming? Um, if I'm being honest, I, I thought the um the Batman vs Superman score, even though that was never going to get nominated for nothing. No, um, no way. But um, hmm. also again, Swiss Army Man. I'm going to keep bringing it up. Um, Arrival. Yeah. Um, what else? Yeah, I'm surprised Arrival didn't get one. Um, yeah. I also would, I like the Fantastic Beast music. It's one of the ones I've been... That was, it was, that, that was a good score. Yeah. Um, Star Wars, not so much. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Hell or High Water. You know what? Hell or High, the Hell or High Water had a good score. I don't really remember that, so I can't... I thought, I, it's more not because it's like memorable, but because it kind of, it Atmosphere. helped. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Same with, um, I felt the same way about, um, the movie I didn't like, Midnight Special. You know, I'm going to say Midnight Special should have gotten nommed for Best Original yeah. Score, because I love that. You, you you at least have to like that song at the end, though. No, the music special. in that movie is great. Oh, okay, never mind. The I music and the like... cinematography in that movie is amazing. Hmm. I still don't see how you don't like Mud, TBH. I, I do like it. it's a movie it. that everybody can love, like, should love. I, I do like it. I just don't think it's amazing. It's pretty great, though. Okay, um... <laughs> Best original song. This is this is where it gets tough, and this is I'm on looking at it now. It's whew. so first goes to audition for the fools who dream, the Emma Stone song from the end of La La Land, can't stop oh, the cool. feeling from Trolls, City of Stars yeah. from La La Land, yeah, who could okay. forget this? The Empty Chair from Jim, the James Foley story, because <laughs> that needs to be recognized, and then How Far I'll Go from Moana. There so, we go. Um. That's kind of bullshit, TBH. Like this, so the empty chair is written by Sting, so I get that because Sting's great. But there's nothing from Sting Street on there. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Like, oh. really? Are we not gonna? Not one song. Not just not one. Yeah. That's stupid. But okay, okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everyone's fine. Does anyone really care about best original song? I do. Well, okay. I'm. Li- I just listened to the empty chair a few seconds of it. I'll listen to the rest later. But it's just like an acoustic ballad. I don't know. I don't know. But no, It'll best probably. original song is like one of the categories I get most upset about. Tbh. Um, best documentary. It's gonna be OJ. Just okay. It's gonna be OJ. Uh, best animated feature film. <sighs> okay. Uh. Kubo and the Two Strings, which is good. Moana, My Life is a Zucchini, The Red Turtle, and Zootopia. So, oh, okay. So The Red Turtle Studio Ghibli, so I'll give this one a pass. That's fine. Uh, anything that's missing, do you think? Yeah, it's just Sausage Party. Knocks Zootopia out of there. Yeah, maybe. I still like Zootopia. I like it. It's just everyone acts like it's like the second coming of Jesus, and it's not. <laughs> it's real good, though. But It's good. 
It is. It, I like, looking back, I like, it is a little bit more DreamWorksy than I think I let myself originally believe. Like it is, it's uh, it's strong Disney, but it does feel a little off. I wouldn't say that. It's just like I don't know. It's it's nowhere near. Everyone said it was like hilarious, and really, I thought it was just it was. It had some laughs. Yeah, yeah. And it was like really like emotional, and I was like, I don't know. It was fine. I don't know. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I liked the. I love the main character. What's her? Whatever her name was, Judy something. Um, hops but yeah. because she's a rabbit. She hops. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a it's a pun. <laughs> Um, hmm. yeah, uh, I don't know. I feel like with the kind of, the critical praise that Finding Dory got, I thought it would get a nom, but they always like to give it to, uh, a nomination to like a small, like a super, super small one, like Life is a Zucchini or a Japanese one, like Red Turtle, so. Oh yeah, that was your uh, favorite animated one. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, one for Eric... Heiserer for Arrival, okay. August Wilson for Fences. He's dead, so how's he getting accepted if he wins? Uh, Allison Schroeder and Theodore Melfi for Hidden Figures. <laughs> Is it just me or I? Hidden Figures and 20th Century Women. I just can't like when somebody tweets about Hidden Figures. I or or 20th Century Women. I always think of Hidden Figures and then the and the other way around. I don't know because the poster looked exactly the same. Oh. Way to go, Hidden Figures, by the way. That movie's killing it at the box office. I haven't seen it. Everyone and their mother is seeing it at, at the theater I work at, and I'm just like... Good. I mean, it's selling out, like, left and right, still. Yes. Yas, yeah. Queens. I, 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 want, I want to see it. I heard it's good. Yeah, it's got the guy from Big Bang in it, so maybe that movie which, needs to just not... <gasps> Glenn which, Powell's in it! Oh, my God. Which guy? Glenn Powell? No, the, the Big Bang. Oh, Shit. fucking stupid face. Jim Parsons. Oh, I love him. He's great. He's the worst. He's funny. Every every time I hear somebody say Bazinga, I just want to have a baseball bat at the ready and just beat them over the head. Just like, Bazinga. shut your fucking mouth. Uh, but Glenn Powell also, he was the guy with the mustache and everybody wants him. The one who was like the main, he was like, other than Blake Jenner, he was like the main dude. Like the guy who looks like 30 years older? Maybe. The guy with the blonde hair? Yeah. Yeah, that was him. The not the guy that got kicked. No, no, not the guy that got kicked out for being older, like being actually older. No, I know. I'm I'm talking about the uh, other guy. He's like the main, second main guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I I love him. I think I hope he becomes a thing because I think he's really cool. And he was in Dark Knight Rises. Oh wow, I remember. Huh. Nice. Cool. Uh, where was I? We live off. Oh, screenplay. Luke Davies for Lion. Uh, Barry Jenkins and Terrell Alvin McCraney for Moonlight. Oh, I didn't know that was based off something. Moonlight from the book In Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> cool. Uh, best original screenplay now. 20th Century Women, written by Mike Mills. Hell or High Water, written by Taylor Sheridan. Damien Chazelle for La La Land. Uh, Yorgos, you're lucky I'm doing this. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos and Eftimus Filippou for The Lobster. And Kenneth Lonergan, Manchester by the Sea. Let me start off by saying Kenneth Lonergan shouldn't be nowhere near anything, any awards accolation. I know I'm in the minority on that, but that's just how I feel. But um, 
Best original screenplay, I think Berbiglia should have gotten gotten a nom for Don't Think Twice. I mean, that's that's, that's pretty unique, and it was a really good, really good movie. So that's why I would bump bump in, and I'd bump out Manchester. What about you? Um, I don't know. Kubo probably could have gotten one. Yeah, it's a pretty great screenplay. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I'm crazy about this one. Also, I mean, again, I'd also throw in Swiss Army Man, but that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also like the writing was one of the things I liked least about La La Land. Like, I just think I think the performances and the like direction that, of the story, that was, and not that so was much the da- writing. That was Damien Chazelle, not the writing. What do you mean? Like that was like the directing. No, but he like wrote and directed it. I know, but like that was more of him as a. I think of him as more of a director than a writer. So no, no, no. What I'm saying is the writing is what I like least. So I, yeah. I'm more comfortable with him getting accolades for direction and yeah, I, writing. That's, that's what I mean. Okay, okay, cool. Um, I don't know. I just feel like that's not the most intricate screenplay I've ever I've ever read. It's like it's one of those movies that you could put on mute and get the idea, or just cut out all the dialogue and get the idea of what's going on. And uh, I don't know. It's, the screenplay is almost superfluous at that point, but that's, like I said, uh, who cares what I think. Best Supporting Actress now, Viola Davis for Fences, Naomi Harris for Moonlight, Nicole Kidman for Lion, Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures, and Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea. Right off the top, only two of the three are white people, so way to go, Academy. You made yourself feel good again. <laughs> but anybody you'd like to sub in? Um... I would have said Felicity Jones for Monster Calls. Mm. Possibly. I never, never got around to seeing that. I'm bummed. It's great. Uh, I, will, I will check it out eventually. But um, I think I'm, pretty, I'm comfortable with all those. I mean, I think Viola Davis is going to win. Just because I've seen, of the three performances I've seen, she's by far the strongest. And um, I just feel like Nicole Kidman, she's won like a million awards. So just calm down. I love her, but just calm down. Uh, Best Supporting Actor, Mahershala Ali for Moonlight, Jeff Bridges, Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges for Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel for Lion, and Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals. Really? Huh. See, Aaron Taylor Johnson has been getting the, um, he's been getting, like, the acclaim, and he's been nominated for a couple things already, so I'm, I'm surprised that Michael Shannon got one. Huh. What do you think about this category? Sounds about right. Yeah. I would have thrown in uh, Daniel Radcliffe, but... <laughs> as Canadian tradition, Josh has uh, said that Dan- something from Swiss Iron Man should be nominated as Canadian tradition. Um, <laughs> but no, Lucas Hedges does not belong there. He just doesn't. He was, yes, he does. He was great. He was not. He was fine. He was He was great. He, like, he did a good job at playing like your basic teenager, but... Your basic teenager was not that interesting. Whereas somebody like Haley Steinfeld from, uh, what's the name of that movie? Edge of Seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, she was basically, she played a teenager, but she was also gave a great performance. And like he, he got the teenager realism down right, but nothing like I don't know. Like I'm fine with watching a movie where you just become a person, which he did for the most part. But you have to make that person interesting, and I just. No, I don't agree with that one. I feel like that's just the Academy 
giving a nomination to a young person just because they were they're young. I don't necessarily agree with that, but uh, whatever. Maybe this guy goes on and is great. Who knows? But for right now, no. Uh, best actress: Isabel Huppert for L, Ruth Nega for <laughs> for Loving, <laughs> uh, Natalie Portman for Jackie, Emma Stone, La La Land, and Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins. Does she have dirt on somebody, or do they just you know, are they just they, doing this so she can give another Trump speech? It's it's just another reason I don't like the Oscars the politics. They pat themselves on the back and they keep nominating Meryl Streep for everything. Like, she could be she, in a movie. What does she, she do could be at in a this movie point? For three she, minutes and she would get nominated. True. Like they just call it be like Meryl. She's like again. Like yeah. Oh my god. Maybe like, maybe at this point she's just intentionally starring in like as she's picking like the worst scripts possible and just being awful. Or maybe she should start doing that. Where just she just plays like gives crap roles and uh, well, just kind of waits. What even what like, even is Florence Foster Jenkins? It's about like? the it's about a woman who sucks at singing. All right. <laughs> yeah, like I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, she's great. I love her, but just God. No, she's a great actress. I mean, she—it's nothing she's doing. She's just doing her thing. It's other people who are saying she's great, but God, uh, I don't know. Who would I sub in here? I mean, I would move Viola Davis to Best Actress because she basically was, she was a second lead in Fences. Um, you could make the argument for Amy Adams in uh, Arrival, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. No, best actress. It always has. It's it's always Meryl, somebody from a foreign film that nobody saw, and then like just your the top three performances. Like they have to get Meryl in there, and they have to get an an international performer. It's, a, it's weird, but hmm. I don't know fine. if she. I don't know. I don't know if she'd count as a lead, or may, maybe she would. I don't know. Uh, Lucy Boynton from uh, Sing Street. Yeah, yeah, you I can would, make that. I, been, yeah, I can make that argument for that one. That movie's getting shut out, and it makes me sad. Uh, best Actor, Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling for La La Land, Viggo nah. Mortensen for Captain Fantastic, and Denzel Washington for Fences. So fill me in on Captain Fantastic, please. I have no idea what that is. Everyone keeps talking about it. And oh, I, 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 I got that mixed up for the fundamentals of caring. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just That's another one of those things. Okay, so... All I need to know is from this first paragraph. Ben Cash, his wife Leslie, and their six children live in the Washington wilderness. Ben and Leslie are disillusioned with capitalism and American life and choose to instill survivalist skills and philosophy in their children, educating them to think critically, training them to be self-reliant, physically fit and athletic, guiding them without technology, demonstrating the beauty of coexisting with nature and celebrating Noam Chomsky Day instead of Christmas. So, no thanks. Bye. That just sounds so pretentious, but whatever. Uh, who would you sub in for, I'm assuming for Vigo? Or somebody else if you so choose. I would sub in uh, Ryan Gosling in um, La La Land for Ryan Gosling in The Nice Guys. Hmm, okay. Uh, I mean, I really can't think of anybody that blew my socks off. Maybe Keegan-Michael Key from... Yeah. Don't think twice, or oh, and also a uh, Wahlberg for Deepwater Horizon. Yeah, no. 
Um, it was it was a cute performance. It was fine, but no, no it was the, one of the best of the year. Just like that movie. I mean, it basically he basically did the same thing in that, but better than he does in Transformers, where he just runs around with explosions and then talks occasionally. I don't. Know, no, I just don't feel he like was... he had enough talking in that. But that whatever. one scene, that hotel scene, is better than a better performance than I've seen in most actors this year. I think well, I think at his best he was just as good as everybody else. But for me, at least the the rest of it was just eh, it was okay. Um, plus, it's not really that much of a layered performance. His his demeanor doesn't really change that much, which is what what they like. But uh, for best director now, Denis Villeneuve for Arrival. Oh, nice. Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge. Okay. Uh, Damien Chazelle, La La Land. Kenneth Lonergan, Manchester by the Sea. Barry Jenkins, Moonlight. I saw. Did you see Hacksaw Ridge? No. It's okay. It's good. It's like um, it's a good TNT movie. You know, it's like it's a very I've, good Sunday afternoon movie. I've heard from everyone else that it's amazing. So. Okay. Well, I think they just really want to like Mel Gibson, and not judging his movie for being a movie. It's okay. It's like. I enjoyed it. I think it's got some good stuff to say. The performances are strong across the board, but I mean, how do you be a Best Director nominee when what you made essentially is a highlight reel of Saving Private Ryan? Like, it was done, some of the stuff was done so much better in Saving Private Ryan. Especially the directorial stuff of like the action scenes or whatever. I don't know. I just thought it was fine, but uh, maybe the the Academy. I guess they want Mel back. So here's hoping he gets he wins and gives a speech because that will be must see TV. So um, anybody you'd like to sub in other than the Daniels? Um, yeah, them and Jay Bayona for uh, Monster Calls. Mm. Nice for sure. Um, I don't know. I feel the same way with, uh, obviously, because it's my favorite movie. Everybody wants them that you do with, um, uh, Swiss Army Man. So, like, give me some link later in there, TBH. Yeah. Whatever. Um, if, if Boyhood doesn't win, then what, what will from him? That's fine. Best picture now. Let's see. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine nominees. So they couldn't get a tenth. Whatever. Uh, first up is Arrival, then Fences, Hexaw Ridge, again, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight, and Swiss Army Man. No, sorry. I had to. Yeah. It's okay, buddy. Um, yeah. Obviously, if you could give it... Okay, so instead of subbing out, if you could give a tenth spot to anything other than Swiss Army Man, what would it be? Um... Arrival. You, no, wait, that's already on there. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's represented. But. Um, <laughs> probably a Monster Calls. Okay. It's, even though it wasn't on my top ten, it's just I feel like that movie needs... I feel like more people need to see it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, other than Everybody Wants Some... Um, actually, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think... I'm glad that Hell or High Water has had the staying power that it has. Because it came out like, what? five, six months ago. So for it to get not just one nomination, but a Best Picture nomination, I think is really cool. And I'm glad because that's... Thrillers and stuff like that is... T- 
typically discarded at the Oscars, but that um, that isn't. So it's it's recognizing how impeccably made that movie is. So altogether, I'm satisfied. Um, I didn't really I didn't think some of the things I liked would have gotten nominations. So I don't really I'm not that I'm not swayed either way. But if you give if you could give a grade to this uh, this Oscar class, what would it be, Josh? <laughs> um. I would just give it an F so that it has to take the class over and <laughs> oh my God. do it again. I don't know. I don't That's know clever. That's I don't a know. clever answer. I'll give you that one. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I think it's like a, I think it's like an eight. You know, there's again, there's some stuff they missed, but overall, I think they did a they did a relatively good job. There's no like, there's no Lego Movie or See You Again this year where everybody's just like, what are what are you doing with your life? You know, so, yeah. or at least from what I've seen. So. A decent class, but not much to write home about. So, is, is anyone is anyone petitioning this year yet? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll get the hashtag Oscar So Dark going. How about that? Cash me outside. How about that? You get it? What the hell? Was, what was that? It's a, it's a new meme. This girl was on Doctor Phil, and she was like talking to people who were booners. Like she wanted to fight. Oh, She's the, like, Cash me outside. How about that? Is that the like, ghetto girl? What? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I saw that. I love that. Oh, that's Bell. that's painful to watch. She's so a, good. she's horrible. <laughs> you need to Google the one of and I everyone out there I encourage you to do the same. Google the girl who thinks that she's pregnant with Jesus. It is <laughs> it's pretty what? they show her they take an ultrasound of her and show her the results and she's still like, nah. there's Jesus in there. You it totally is. You guys I don't know why you guys are lying to me, but Jesus is totally in there. And like wow. The guy from the doctors on like Travis Stork or whatever, he's just like, I got no skin in this game. You can be crazy as much as you want. I'm just telling you what I found. And she's like, nah, you just can't see my baby. But the the best part is she was like pregnant for seven or eight months. So it's like, <laughs> what happened? I want to know the follow up. Like at 10 months, she's like, he's just taking a while to come out. It's all right. It's okay. You know, he's just, he's just shy. He's the, he's the prince of peace. He's just shy. Like, oh God. Dr. Phil's a great show. It, it, it is. Almost as good as Maury. But with that said, let's move on, Josh. Let's talk about a film, shall we? Let's or, talk about a film. Is, or is it more of a movie? I don't know. It's a film. Or maybe a movie. Who knows? Um, Even though they're both the same thing, I will say it's a film. You're the same thing. Uh, so <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan is back, for better or worse. He's got a new picture coming out. Or he's got a new picture out, I should say. And it is unusual, I should say, for us to be this early in the year and then talking about a 2017 film in a positive light, especially. And I say that because I think, especially this year, if you take everything into account, I think it's kind of awesome that they're that this, the, the movie seasons are kind of disappearing, you know? Yeah, pretty like, much. Logan's coming out in... March or whatever. Like this is this is this is a this is a end of summer movie. Exactly. Coming out in January. Yeah, and like Power Rangers is out next month, and something there's something out in April or whatever. So for that reason, I am stoked that at least once a month we have a good blockbuster of some kind. Um, hope that we hope is good, but um, this one not as much of a blockbuster, but it's still yeah. a it's a, no. an actual movie and not like. Just it's not, it's not the bye-bye man, you know? Yeah. 
Like you can have your buy Batmans and make some cash or whatever. That's no, fine. We, or we could just get rid of them. Well, like they like they line some I, pockets I, and make. Movies, I saw. So, yeah. I saw the end of the movie. It is. Oh, oh my god! I can't even describe how hilariously bad it is. <laughs> what happens? Um. <laughs> he. Jesus Christ. He like. I don't even know how to describe what he does. He like at the end of the movie. I don't even know if it was the end because I I didn't stay for the full way. I just saw like towards the end of it. He like does this finger twirl thing and like pokes someone. Dude, it doesn't do anything. Wow. <laughs> and I was just I just like, you just sent a chill up my spine. And I'm, I'm like, this is supposed to be. And I saw a commercial saying this is the next like Freddy Krueger or something, and I'm like. But this is your next Freddy Krueger? All right. Wow. <laughs> okay. But let's talk about Split, shall we? So some initial thoughts from you. Get us started. All right. Um, this is the greatest January movie ever. Even, I don't know if that's saying much, but it's true. <laughs> Can't dispute that. Uh, Cannot. Um, this, I'm telling you Hold right on, now. When did, let me look up. I'm going to find out when Great Mouse Detective came out. One second. <laughs> Um, I'm telling you right now, this is going to be on my top ten at the end of the year. You can you can make fun of me all you want all year. I think this is I would honestly if if this was a 2016 movie, it would be in possibly in my top five. Okay. Not um, exaggerating. I, I believe. By the way, Grey Mouse Detective came out in July, so we're good. We're, good. we're cool. <laughs> we're cool. It's fine. Um, so yeah, I'm comfortable saying this is the best January movie, probably of the last ever. Um, it's okay. I mean, I don't really, I don't have a, a stake in the, in, in M. Night Shyamalan's success. Like, I've inadvertently watched two of his worst movies in the last, like, six months, so I'm just kind of, I don't, I understand why he is this way, because, like, big budgets are poison to him, you know? He just yeah. gets, he, he's one of those guys who, like... You know, like the people in school when the, when the teacher's like, okay, so uh, your homework tomorrow is just write about, you know, write an essay on whatever. And, like, I feel like M. Night's one of those people that just panics and is like, what do I do? Or, or actually, he takes it too far, I should say, and just writes, like, a 90-page paper on, like, table salt or whatever. Um, <laughs> where you really need to be like, okay, M. Night, sit, listen to me. Look at me in the eyes. You have, <laughs> we're giving you $10 million. $10 million. Go and do something for $10 million. And he's like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, I'll go do this and this and that. And So I feel like getting him in the sandbox is a lot better than giving him free reign. I mean, we we saw that just in the late late to early 2000, um, late 2000s to early 2010s, where just guy, creative freedom is the worst thing for him to have, really. And, and I think both he and whatever studio heads are he works with have realized that they're like it's Blumhouse. Yeah, we we're not going to make our money back when he has money to, when he has money to spend, but we will make it twenty times over if we just give him the bare minimum and kind of let him do his thing. Because like, I mean, he was yeah, film students are at the end of the day they're film students where they can they make it work basically, and so all I had to say. Split is a is a good M Night Shyamalan movie, and it's a good movie for him to make, and it's a good movie for people to see. But I just I liked it. I was entertained. It kept my interest. 
but there's just a lot of M. Night things that I just, I can't stand. And we'll get into those as we go along, but for the most part, that's where I stand. It's a good movie. Enjoyed it. I could easily recommend it to people, but eh, I don't know. I, I'm not as high end as you are, which, and I didn't really expect to because you liked, um, or I guess you've probably seen more of his than I do, than I have. Yeah. And you've seen better of his, so. There's a, there, we'll get into spoilers, but there, you know what, I won't, I won't, I'll wait till we actually get into spoilers before I even talk about that. We can just do it now. Who cares? All right. I mean, well, this is, it's movies. If anyone, whoever is listening, I'm, dude, seriously, do not listen any further. Go watch the movie. It's or amazing. Do. It's fine. Come back. No, know. no, seriously, do not listen. This is massive The twist spoiler. won't so, do much for you. Yes, it will. This, this is one of the best twists in the last 10 years. Um, so okay. it's amazing. So at the end of the movie, I'm just going to start with the end of the movie because the, right. it made the movie. Um, this movie is a sequel to Unbreakable. Is it? Yes. That's the twist. Oh. And it's fucking brilliant. Um, like, a, I, I don't know. I would say it's like a... Uh, an amendment it's a, to, it's, to it's, a spirit, it's a spiritual sequel. Um, well, not even that, like, because there is a direct, like, Days and Confused, or everybody wants them as a spiritual sequel to Days and Confused. Like, that's well, fine, but this is more, takes, I think this is more of, like, an, an amendment to it. This is a, this is a second chapter in the Unbreakable Universe. Hmm. Okay. Everyone. But, yeah, bottom line, this is another Unbreakable movie. This is a villain, this is a villain origin story, and it's freaking brilliant. Um, who is it of origin story two? Kevin, or the Horde? Oh, are they were they mentioned in Unbroken? Full disclosure, I haven't seen the movie, and I just no. I think overall I think it's kind of I'm fine with M Night Shyamalan doing his twisty thingies, but you almost have to make it a twist to a movie people have seen, you know? Like Unbreakable, oh, yeah, people, it made that... its money, but it's like fifteen or well, gotta be nearing twenty years later. I uh, feel like that's not as much in the zeitgeist as something like Six Senses. Like, if you tie it into Six Sense somehow, I'd be like, okay, cool, whatever, fine. But Unbreakable just kind of is. No, I'm sure it's a good movie. I, I know it's you a like it. Movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I know people, anybody who I've heard talk about it is like super positive, like around the spectrum. So I'm like, that's great and fine. But you really almost can't bank on. It's like, it's like Christopher Nolan at the end of uh, The Dark Knight Rises doing a callback or like doing a reference to the prestige it's like okay that's one of your deep cuts but it's not like you're not known for that and i just feel like yes he would have been better off getting being known for or he'd be better off in terms of cultural significance to this thing tying it into signs or sixth sense or something i i think unbreakable he's he's totally known for Eh, no, not really. Like, look, look, uh, at, the, he, look at the box office receipts. Just, box, box office doesn't matter. People know him from Unbreakable and, and Sixth Sense. Well, um, box office does, because that's how much money. So, for instance, 248 for Unbreakable. But, like, like my mom has seen the Sixth Sense, or she's seen Signs, right? But she's not seen Unbreakable. Like, I don't I just feel that I feel like that's when you say M Night Shyamalan. When I even though I know I'm familiar with all his movies and I know that they exist, but it's either I'm either I'm either reminded of like the the good stuff early on, the six senses, the signs, or when he went to shit with like Last Airbender or After Earth or something like that. Like it just 
Unbreakable is, I'm sure it's fine, I'm sure it's good and everything, I'm curious to check it out if it's on Netflix or something like that, but it does kind of slip under the radar, which works to this movie's detriment, because, I mean, I saw this, I saw this with a relatively, not full theater, but it was, it was a good, it was good for like a Sunday night, and there were, there was a couple right next to me that were, looked perfectly normal, they're like, they're like, oh, is that Bruce from Sixth Sense, or is he from Sixth Sense or something? And so, like, there's, it's not as popular as I think. No, I that's, think it is. and that's 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 totally that makes total sense. But I don't care because I saw Unbreakable. Right, right. But like, I mean, it's more. I think it's more of a detriment to the audience than the movie. Hmm. I'm fine with him like <laughs> making a movie for his audience. That's great. But just, I'm not in his audience, so I was just I left I left kind of confused. That's, and that's fair. I mean, um. This isn't, a, I mean, even just going outside of that part of it, this isn't a movie for everybody. Um, definitely not for everybody, but, um, and that's no, part of it. I think it is. Why I definitely would not recommend this to certain people. <laughs> really? Why not? Um, I don't know. Just. Oh, well, yeah. With of, the, now I remember with like the, the undressing scenes or whatever. Yeah. Some of the, yeah. Well, yeah. That kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and some, maybe some of the stuff with, uh, Casey's character, the, the oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff yeah like I that. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend it to everybody, but I think it's, I mean, even, you know, before we get to, you know, the big reveal at the end, which makes, makes me, made me rethink the entire movie and made the movie 10 times better than I already thought it was. Um, because when you watch the movie, it's just, you know, a guy with, uh, what's it called? Disorder, uh, disassociative. Identity disorder, I think it's called. Um, oh. Yeah, DID, and you, it's just kind of this movie. He takes the girls, you know, he's keeping them. He, there's this beat, this twenty fourth personality. But then when you, the big reveal comes, you're like, oh, so that's what this movie is. That's what this is setting up, or not setting up, but it's like, it's another chapter. It's another story tying into this other universe, and I think it's just. But on its own, it's doing what Unbreakable did because um, I, I, I'm not going to like spoil Unbreakable, but like that movie is basically the first – it's like the first act in a superhero movie stretched out over two hours. Hmm. So like there's no main villain. There's no – it's just – it's like a drama about a guy discovering his powers and it's, it's awesome. But this is kind of a, a, the villain's version of that and – the fact that that's kind of the reveal, I think it's really awesome, and I think that made the movie better. And just the movie as a whole, just it's really well done. I think it's really well directed. Um, I think the script is great, and James McAvoy, who I'm sure we'll talk about in detail, is amazing. Yeah, so. excellent performance. Like, there's a way to make this hokey, and he just not only did he like avoid it he wasn't within miles of making yeah. this hokey like that scene my one of my favorite scenes was the scene at the very end with the mirrors like right before yeah, they the, cut to the diner yeah. mm-hmm. and where he's just you can like and even the, the scenes when he changes you can just you can see it in his face without him being like hey here's what i'm doing where like just his his mouth will drop or his eyes will like kind of unfocus or whatever or his posture yeah. will change where it's like i think this is what he's doing but you have to like, like wait for him to actually speak before you realize what he's doing. Like this was, I mean, 
I can't think of a performance by him better than this one. You know, this is his best performance without a doubt. Yeah, and I mean, um, I just thought he was the guy who played. You know, I thought he was just going to be good as Professor X for a while, but now I was like, oh, he could win an Oscar. Not for this, maybe not, but overall, he could win an Oscar easily. So it's like the you see him change into a different person, like just in like it's not like an off camera thing. Like he becomes different people on mm-hmm. screen. Just it's about, amazing. Yeah, and he's so good. He's who's your uh, who's your favorite uh, of his? Personality? Oh, Hedwig, obviously. Hedwig. I loved Hedwig. <laughs> I could have done a is whole just, movie with that guy. Is it just because of the name Hedwig? <laughs> No, 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 because of et cetera. He just okay. was like, that's such uh, yeah. a childish that thing. Is to, that, that was really funny. You can tell, like, you know, when, when a kid first learns a word, it's like all they say for a while. They, yeah. just, they, they use it all the time. They use it incorrectly. So I was like, okay, that's 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 a really good piece of, I don't know, observation, I guess, by um, by Shyamalan there. Like, that was I was extremely impressed with that. And But I also did like. uh, I thought Dennis was pretty cool. Like he was. Dennis was. Dennis was like scary. I mean, I I really can't think of anybody I didn't. I thought was not interesting. Barry was probably my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the the fashion guy. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's a that was a good one. I I think it was more just because of seeing James McAvoy in that kind of role was so different and really cool. I mean, he and, he and Tatiana Maslany should be in a movie together and just, like, do 20 different characters and stuff. Like, I, I'm curious to know if that was, like, if they if those characters were solely Shyamalan's creation or if they, like, worked together to develop them because no, they just apparently, were so late. Apparently, apparently Shyamalan had this character. He wrote this character, like, 15 years ago when he wrote Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. But well, he like, did, he, he did. You can't, like, perform it just from writing, like... So yeah. honestly, like, did they get into a room and he's like, okay, let's, let's work through Dennis, you know? Yeah. I was, I was working, I was reading an interview with him and he's like, he, he didn't know who to, um, who would be right for this kind of role and who could do these kinds of characters until they finished the script and kind of track down someone mm-hmm. who could like do all those different types of things. So yeah, I don't know how James McAvoy came about, you know? differentiating each different one i think yeah. i don't know how that came to be but whatever he did it was amazing so yeah i was extremely impressed like wow um my my pick for best performance of the year i think is gonna be uh it's pretty stagnant until probably like the end of the year because based yeah. on this alone i mean, like it's just it's it's proficient both and en- from an audience perspective and a critical perspective it's like wow uh, and I can't think of many other movies that have an actor playing more than one character. Like, I, yeah. like usually it's like, okay, they have a different personality, and that's fine. But, like, four or five are just... I mean, and, yeah. and when you take into account the, the videos from the computer, like the video diaries, that's even more, where they were just like, I could watch a whole a, a different movie with just, you know, the other, just a few of the yeah. other ones. You know? and, I, and I love that kind of, the one that has uh, diabetes... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so cool. Like only one of them has it, the other ones don't. Like that's just like a cool little thing they put in there, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it adds to the whole. I guess you could say mythology of him. I maybe would have. I maybe could have gone for even if it's like a bullshit one, but just some sort of, um, a, a fleshed out like explain explanation for how the body could physiologically change. Like you know, in um in Jurassic Park when they have that little scene where the dude explains how they made dinosaurs, 
you know? Yeah. I that would, I'd been fine with that. Like when she was giving her talk I mean, in they gave an, they they have an explanation. Isn't it like a mutation or something? No, it's it's unbreakable. Oh, well I haven't seen that. They I mean, well that's that's what I'm saying. It's like that's that's why the ending changes the entire like how you think about the movie because when you think about it it's like how did how is he kind of ha- this supernatural being? It's like Oh well, that's because this world has people with supernatural abilities because they set that up in Unbreakable. Hmm. I want to remind me to come back to it. I don't want to talk about where, this next step of this, but um, a few I, I've talked about a lot of th- about a lot of things I liked. So to finish that off, um, Shyamalan he did really he was really good pacing this movie out and mm-hmm. this, the 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 kind of hallmark sequences of it were really good, like. I almost felt like I was watching the movie by a different director at some, at some points. So I was like, are you, sh- this is Shyamalan? Are we sure? Just cause it was so proficient. And I, just, I didn't think he had this in him, to be honest with you. Um, uh, cause even the visit was like, that was kind of a step to this But Um, yeah. some things I didn't care for. Actually, do you want to finish up your likes? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Just, I mean, just to round it all out, because I mean, overall, I, I really don't have any problems. Maybe there's a couple pacing issues here and there, but that's really it. Um, and uh, you could debate maybe the two supporting actresses could have been better, but you know, we'll get to that. Um, but overall, just everything I thought the I mean, his directing is great. The way he built tension is amazing. The cinematography is looks just it's terrifying and beautiful at the same time i was a little um, let down by that to be honest with you really there was yeah, there's one I mean, shot it's kind of hard to make a movie like this oh if, are you talking about the toothbrushes no i'm talking oh. about the staircase oh the toothbrushes is oh. my favorite <laughs> okay i thought that was, um, that was such a genius little thing it's like of course they would have 24 <laughs> different toothbrushes yeah oh, that was yeah. clever i like that but yeah there's just like there's the, the way he this movie is shot it really like adds to the movie adds to that tension and the suspense um and I thought the music was really good, and also the way he built up the Unbreakable music at the end, which you wouldn't know because you didn't see the movie, but um, which is why I, um, people, because when I saw the movie, um, I kind of had a, I wasn't sure I knew what it was before that reveal came because at the end of the movie he's in the mirror scene, the mirror scene's amazing, and then you start hearing I heard this music, I'm like this sounds familiar because I haven't seen Unbreakable, I rewatched it a couple days ago, but I haven't I hadn't seen it in like years, so I was like this sounds familiar, why do I know this? And then they get to the diner, and the woman talks about the guy in the wheelchair who was Mr. Glass from Unbreakable. And I'm like, oh my god, that's amazing! And then Bruce Willis. But the way they used that music was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the score as a whole for this movie was great. I thought it added to it. Um, and Anya Taylor Joy, I thought was again amazing, just like she was in The Witch. She wasn't as good as she was in The Witch, but she was mm-hmm. fantastic here. Um, she, she held her own with James McAvoy, who who is still the best by far, but. She was great. Uh, okay, so moving on to dislikes. Um, I have a few. Uh, I gotta say, Anya Taylor-Joy I thought was pretty bland. Really? Yeah, like, she just, she had a lot, like, she she was just sort of wooden most of the time. Like, she had a couple of scenes where, yeah, she she sold her, her fear pretty well in some spots, but in others she was just kind of dead-faced and was like, no, we well, gotta go do this. Like, I don't know. Compared to the witch, which I thought she was pretty good in, but the, you know, this one was just like, okay, you're, See, you're that's really what not I, doing much I, here. I think I think that was kind of part of her character because she was kind of this 
she was keep it was it was almost creepy that she was doing this. She was keeping calm this whole time. And she's kind of had this. It's not. It's not the calmness that. And she's also like had this awkwardness to her. Yeah, it's just more of the. Her eyes just didn't do it for me. You know, like I just if even if you're like your physical when you're in when you're acting, what I at least look for is physically you have to like you have to express your feelings physically, but you also have to show it in your eyes. And it's kind of it's a smaller thing, but I just I didn't. I didn't feel like her performance was really that genuine. And I was just sort of, I, I much, I preferred the other two girls like Haley Lou Richardson or um, that third friend who just was kind of there. Like I'd, I'd much rather have gone through the movie with those two. Cause I just found, I found Anya Taylor-Joy's the least interesting. And really, I, her backstory was like unnecessary really. Oh, I, I think it's completely necessary. In what way? Because it's tied, brings us to the end of the movie where, He's talking to her when he, she's in the cage, yeah. and he's talking about how she, he had to kill her because they were pure, and how that was a problem, and how he needed to take out people that were pure. But because she was damaged, he spared her. You see, like, that's... I just don't feel like that was really earned, because, like... Oh, I, I think it totally worked. The, the backstory, it's just, it felt so... It was, I know, it was icky. Like, basically, it's, she was molested it's, it's, by your uncle. It's disturbing for sure, but I think it worked, and I think it did feel earned. I think um, the way they played it out, and then the big, and then the payoff at the end, or I guess you could say lack of payoff when she's in the car, and they kind of leave it ambiguous whether she goes with him or not. But, okay, here. Okay, so here's how I would have done it, and I don't like I don't like to play this card often of me rewriting a movie or anything like that. But the better way to do this, I think, is is what I would done, I would cut out the backstory completely. I don't. I just don't feel like it adds much. It just, it's just, it's superfluous, basically. So instead of, oh, I can see that you're damaged because this thing happened to you. She's got the gun. He comes after her, and he's like, "You're not going to use it. We both know you don't have the stomach to use it. You know, you're too pure to use it." Blah. blah whatever his reasoning is for, um, for killing them or for, for taking them is because they're pure. So use that reasoning, and then when she actually shoots him a bunch of times, then he gets into the whole, oh, you are damaged, or oh, you are this, or oh, you are that. And then he, like, bails and leaves her, which I kind of feel is a little weird, but um, it's not just that I'm squirmy about the whole backstory. I just feel like it was... I feel like it was only there just so M. Night could have a back a backstory for her. Like, and... And she, every single time they went to a, a flashback, she just woke up from sleeping. So she ended up waking up from sleeping like six times or it's just like, okay, let's get past this. This isn't the interesting part. Everything else is set linearly and is set right now. This is the only detour we're taking. And it just, it's not, I don't think it needs to be there, but that's just me. Um, thought it could have been done better. I'm not sure. I don't know if, if M. Night wanted, if he did the movie again, I don't know if he would do that, but that's just my two cents from looking at it from a critical perspective because I feel like especially for him, the the girls were so well, I wouldn't say they're they were docile, but the other two just were a little bit more ready to be violent, I guess. And because she wasn't, maybe that would have meant something. I don't know. That's just how I would have done it. I know I am and I did in his way, but that's just my critique. Um 
another thing is the sense the, the humor I love the humor. I think it's I thought it was really funny. I, I actually I really like his sense of humor. I can tell you right now it's not something everyone likes and I can understand if you hate it. No, I, mean, I, I, I like I, his his I like his sense of humor just fine. Like with the scene where James McAvoy is the woman and he like makes them sandwiches and he just yeah, like, that was great. he like winks or whatever at that girl. Like that's funny. I like that the, the, the stuff in this movie is funny. I just think there there's a clash between the comedy and the horror. Like one movie that do, does horror comedy well, which I just think is a recipe for disaster in horror movies. I know you like it. That's and I'm glad you do. But, it's a, it's um, a preference. Yeah, but I just feel like the the comedy undermines horror more than horror undermines comedy because, like, by nature, horror just is funny. Like, there's the the old saying, "Comedy comes from misery," and what could be more miserable than being killed or whatever? Like, it's just yeah. those go hand in hand. Whereas enforcing horror and scariness and tension with comedy right behind it. It just, that's always been a kind of a, uh, they've always canceled each other, each other out in my mind. Like Cabin in the Woods is one of the rare exceptions where I think they work really well in tandem because the horror is so extreme. I think, I, I think it's different because that's a, that's more of a satire than a true horror movie. I don't know. It's, I, I think it's, it's pretty horror-y to me or, something well it's 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 like it it plays it out like a horror movie but i don't know yeah. if i can because it's not trying to be scary well i think at times it is it definitely is like with the in, if you just if you just take the scenes if you cut with out everything uni- else but just take the, the unicorn scenes, yeah or just take the scenes of them at the at the place at the cabin if you were to cut all everything yeah. else out just the cabin i think it's pretty scary on its own but um i don't i just feel like that's a better marriage between the two where I'm, I'm more than willing for a horror comedy. I just, for me, there's a particular balance that you have to, you have to hit for me to really buy into it. And this, this didn't do it, even though I admired both the comedy and the horror separately. I think they were both strong. Put them together, and it just felt out of place to me, and I didn't care for it. Um, another small thing that uh, this, is, this will be my last main complaint is the scene that Shyamalan's in. Oh, you don't like you don't like is it that he's in it or that the scene itself? I'm fine that he's in it. It's whatever. It's his choice, but the scene itself is just so random cuz they just for no reason they just start talking about Hooters hot wings. Yeah, that, like, was, that was pretty funny. This, I thought that was funny. I was like is this really something that you're that passionate about that you have to put in this movie cuz like they, I I'd be curious to watch just this part of the movie again because the dialogue was just I felt like they were speaking another language. It was just, yeah. it was, it was weird. It's, it, it's out of, I think it's probably out of place, but I didn't mind it just because it was funny. And I, I mean, Shyamalan puts himself in all of his movies for a scene and it's kind of just his thing. And I don't, I like it when yeah. it's good. And it's at the weird. scene I enjoyed, even though it was out of place. So, yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, overall though, like I said earlier, there's a lot of things that annoy me, but they're not, they're not much to do with, the structure and the experience of the movie because I did like like I said this movie flew by the pacing was strong the the scares were good there were some good moments so I guess to sum up my thoughts I think the the whole is far greater than the sum of its parts and I admire that about it so um I like split I recommend people see it uh it's a good way to start the year so it's a good, uh, not not even a palate cleanser. It's just a good primer, I guess, for when movies start to like matter. I guess so. 
Uh, what about you? Anything else you want to talk about? It's just, it's so good. I love this movie so much. I want to see it again as soon as possible. I'm actually going to change my grade. It was a, it was a three out of five on Letterboxd. I'm going to up it to a three and a half just because of this nice. conversation. So Nice. nice. You should definitely, I, I definitely recommend watching Unbreakable because it will make you like this even more. Yeah, yeah. I once you, on it. When you think about the ending. Yeah, I definitely will. I'm curious to see. Uh, all right. So let's give it a grade, shall we? All right. I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Okay, all right. Uh, I'll stay consistent with my letterbox and go with a seven. I enjoyed it. Highly recommend it. So nice. All right, watching, reading, listening to. What have you got, Mister Josh? Um, I have two things, and shocker, they're both Star Wars related. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I've just accepted I've... it now. I've, it's part of my <laughs> life. I don't know. It's... it's well, it's part of my life. I just kind of bring it to you. Yeah. That's um, true. it's uh. One is a video game that came out, like, I want to say six years ago, uh, called Force Unleashed. I've oh, been replaying. yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. It's amazing. I just I re-bought it for PS3. It's awesome. Everyone should play it. PS3? Um, it's not good. Four. Yeah. Oh. Three. Cute. <laughs> I can't play my PlayStation 4 anymore, so I'm pissed, you know, but you're enjoying it? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Totally. Is that the one where the custom where you can like d- have different colored lightsabers? I feel like that's, um, or no, that's that might be the second one. We get you can like collect kyber crystals and you can have like one lightsaber be red and one be blue. I don't know. It's like that. I don't think so. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe it was the second one. But hmm. good. Um, is for me. I taught. I saw a few movies. Um, for instance, I watched the Babadook last night. I don't get it. It's fine, but, like, it's also bad, I think. Like, I just... In, in case you haven't realized already listening to the show, I just don't like children in movies. Like, the, the only... One of the only good ones I've seen are in... Are, like, Pierce Gagnon in Looper or the kid from Midnight Special. But overall, when you have a kid, like, actually try to act-act, I just feel like it backfires. And no, I, kid, I mean, he's annoying. The kid in the Babadook? Yeah. He's not even... A, there isn't a word for this. He's, All he I does mean, he's, is scream. And I, I know it's he, the point of the movie. I get that. But it just is immediate just turn off for me. I can't stand it. Just when kids are screaming for no reason. And he, that's all he does is scream. Like, the movie's just about bad parenting, basically. <laughs> like, that's the... There's no, there's no supernatural thing. This girl... This lady is just a really bad parent. And I just... That doesn't do it for me. Like, be a better parent, or just leave me alone. I don't want to uh, watch this. I will say, I thought, I didn't think it was as amazing as everyone else did. I thought it was a little overrated, but I, I liked it. I just don't remember I too much it was, of it. I thought it was I thought, I, I thought, um, what's her name? The main See, actress. I thought, she, I thought she was really great, but. Yeah, she's fine. But, like, I was actually, surprisingly, I was rooting for her for the majority of the time. When she's talking to the kid about how she wants to, like, bash his brains in and, you know, all that cool stuff. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you go, girl. Do it. But then see, I think at the that, end when she bitched out and was like, I'm sorry. I was like, ah, oh, fuck you. See, that's I feel like that's kind of the point of the movie. It's kind of meant to shift you, your kind of view of it. Like the first half, you're kind of you, – you're just kind of annoyed with this kid. But as it goes on, she goes – she gets more and more insane. You kind of get more afraid of her and are kind of rooting for him. No, but I just – I never was rooting for him. Nah, well, that's like, all I, ne- I never – like from the first scene of the movie, I was like, kill this child. Babadook, <laughs> do your thing. I want him gone. 
and it's just like they said so that's when that's what happens when you ask kids to do too much like on Harry Potter they have they had him at just the right level where they could be at least okay but with this we were, it's just like hey just go scream is at the top of your lungs it's fine I was like no not fine bye-bye no think so um but yeah that's that's the movie scene but the move the thing I want to talk about right now is a stand-up special and I do I enjoy stand-up comedy I especially enjoy stand-up comedy when it is um as off the wall and just kind of out there as this if you don't if you are not watching Bo Burnham in some respect you need He's to watch great. Bo Burnham he, I just saw his newest special Make Happy and it is one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen like I I'm sure this style of comedy has been done before and it's maybe been done better but the way his look out his look at the world and his sense of humor is just so it's the it's the right amount of neurotic. Where I think a lot of stand-ups just try to be kind of your everyday guy, just your random dude who like, you know, it's just your he's a comedian. Oh, I like make people uh making people laugh. I like being funny. Burnham's like I really don't want to be funny. I kind of have to be funny to actually have my art, you know, to actually do the things I want to do. And I find that interesting about him. And specific, there's this specific moment with, uh, where he sings a country song called, uh, pandering. Do you remember that one? Uh, maybe. It's just, uh, that is brilliant and is, and he's, he's a great performer. Like he plays the piano really well. He's a great singer. Like he can do a lot of different things. He's snuck in a couple of, uh, <laughs> Over the course of the special, like when he was doing his songs, he snuck in a couple of um, uh, impressions in there that I thought were really funny. And uh, he's just, he makes you, you know, I hate to use the term thinking man's comedy, but it is it is a step above the rest in terms of sophistication. So I highly recommend Bo Burnham, both Make Happy and What. They're both strong to quite strong. And uh, yeah, I can't, I can't recommend it enough. So you like Bo Burnham? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Me and my roommates watch him, some of his stand-up comedy, every now and again. He's really funny. Yeah. I can, I'm pretty sure I can do the um, uh, sad from what? Where he talks about the sad stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Old man slip and fall. Hey, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, uh, I love it. I love it. Do you like water or make happy more? Um, probably what? Yeah. I think it's pretty strong, but Make Happy just has so so many great moments. But I know I especially like his like you never really see a comedian make a joke in the editing room. Like in the first one, he's like, "So you want to hear yeah. a joke about ed- about video editors? Video editors are so stupid." And then it cuts him off. And then in this one, he does one about continuity, where he's wearing a different shirt when they cut cameras. Yeah, it's like that's cheap. It's it means nothing to the people there, but it means a lot to me. So I appreciate I know. it. But yeah, Bo Burnham, Make Happy, couldn't recommend it enough. So. Uh, that'll do it for us, I think. Anything else, Josh? Yeah, that's it. Um, next week, I'm not quite sure what we'll be back with. Uh, not really a good movie, looking like it's going to be coming out. So I, I think I have a I have a fun idea in mind that uh, will kind of set up something to come. So, uh, ne- so uh, we'll see you sometime next week. And follow us at underscore realflicks on the Twitter. And as always, leave an iTunes review. And uh, Five stars, preferably. And the Star Wars countdown has officially begun. Yes, it has. Again, after Rogue One came out. That was the first countdown. This is like the actual countdown countdown. So, until next time, Josh, take it easy. See ya. 
We go to bed, you doze off. So I take your country girl clothes off. I put my hands on your body. It feels like hey, it's a fucking scarecrow again. Like my Mandarin. Fuck your ears, I'm pandering. I write songs for the people who do jobs in the towns that I've never moved to. Legalize gerrymandering.